as we all know, nobody wants to be sold, but people want to select the right solutions to their challenges. Just like what Perry Marshall said, nobody who bought a drill actually wanted a drill. They wanted a hole. Therefore, if you want to sell drills, you should advertise information about making holes, not information about drills. So for those of you who finds it difficult to sell your product or services, then this episode is for you. Hi, my name is Rayson Chu and I'm your host for The Regacy Show. And it's really our honor and pleasure to have this amazing lady on the show. Her name is none other than Merit Khan. Merit is the CEO of Select Sales Development and she's been coaching and training entrepreneurs and sales teams for more than 20 years. She's been featured on numerous podcasts and spoke at various conferences such as the Sales and Marketing Summit. She has taught repeatable formulas that have increased sales multi-dollar international brands such as Microsoft, Thomson Reuters, MDRT, to name a few. Well, without further ado, let's welcome this amazing individual into the house. Woohoo! Hey, welcome to the show, Merit. It's really, really my honor and pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you, Rayson. It's a pleasure to be here with you too. <laughs> yeah, wow. So so how, how have you been? I mean, like uh, it's been a while. We actually chatted on LinkedIn and Podmatch as well. How's yeah, everything uh, things are good. Things yeah. are busy. I'm gearing up to do some international travel. So I will be in, in your town in just a few weeks. And uh, it'll be nice to shake hands and see you in person. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, once you're here, just hit me up and I'll definitely go and meet you. And uh, hopefully we can have a meal together. I can bring you around Singapore and let you know the best places other than Orchard Road. Other than Orchard Road. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you know, um, a lot of my audience are actually based in Singapore and some of them are in Asia and, and other parts of the world. So do you mind if you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm the CEO of Select Sales Development. We spell it S-E-L-L-E-C-T. Uh, mm -hmm. But we actually teach people to stop selling and to start getting selected. I love the introduction that you made because that's really what our business is all about. Um, nobody wants to be pushy or salesy or aggressive, but they do want their solutions and their uh, ideas to um, resonate and be helpful uh, you know, in solving the problems for their customers and clients. And so when that happens, they freely select you because it's 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 what they want. It's what they need. And they recognize um, that you have an ability to help them in some way. And so that's what we teach people how to do. And uh, I travel the, the world to share messages about, you know, how to open people's minds so that you can close more deals. And that's what I'll be talking about at a Southeast Asian Leadership Summit coming up. Um, oh. I'm speaking in Malaysia. I'm speaking in Cambodia. And uh, it's been 28 years since I've been in the region, but I'm really looking forward to uh, going back and seeing it from a stylish perspective. I was there as a backpacker many years ago, so uh, it'll be nice to to be back and to give back. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like uh, Singapore has has changed tremendously 
from 8, 10, or even 20 years ago when you came. Uh, I'm really, really excited to receive you in Singapore. And of course, you know, learning from you based on the questions that I've actually sent to you, I'm, I'm really stoked to actually have you on the podcast. And uh, before we actually dive into the main focus of our interview, our viewers and listeners would love to get to know you a bit better. So can you tell us more about your backstory on how you got into sales? Well, I've been in uh, sales, sales management, training, coaching, consulting since 1998. I was in the radio advertising business before opening up my own sales training company. And I think that I've just always been driven to, I've, I've been always a person who sees more for other people. I see possibilities everywhere. And um, once I was a, you know, I'm a consumer. I see in your background, you have lots of the same books that I have on my shelf. So I'm always interested in personal and professional development. And um, I think once you consume a lot of that information and then you apply it and you have good results, it not only forms a foundation of your belief system about what it takes to be successful in anything that you do, but it also highlights some of those areas where maybe there's other gaps that you can fill in with your own um, thought leadership. And I think that's just what I've always been able to do is, um, you know, look at other people's situations and help them grow mm -hmm. their business and doing that for my own business along the way over the years. And that's just how it worked. Yep, I agree. And, you know, as we're actually talking about books, right? So do you have any one or two favorite books on sales? I do. My favorite book on sales is not something that you would pick up as a sales how-to book, but it's called Influence, uh, The Science oh. and Practice by Dr. Robert Caldini. I'm sure you've read it. Um, mm -hmm. That is, I think what I under, what I appreciate most about that is he talks about the, the things that have influence over us from a buyer's, uh, a consumer perspective. And I think it's really important to understand uh, if you want to have more influence over other people to understand what has influence over you. And so those outside influences would be one thing. But the other thing that has influence over you that you may not always be able to articulate um, is the inside, the internal influences. And so for that, my book recommendation would be um, Mindset by Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. And I like that she talks about having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, which really means that we believe in our own ability to learn and grow and solve other problems. Um, and that's, you know, those have, those have always been very uh, important in my belief system. Um, obviously, I would always recommend my book, which is called Myth Shift, Challenging the Truths that Sabotage Success. But uh, mm -hmm. you can get that on any online uh, book publisher, Amazon or, or whatever. Um, and uh, and I'm writing a new book right now. So that should be out before the end of this of uh, 2020. Okay. Well, nice, nice, nice. I, I'm really, really, you know, uh, really in love with what you have mentioned about these two books. These two books are really amazing. I've read, I've read them and they are really transformational. I believe you guys should check it out and not just check out those two books. You also should check out Merit's book as well. Okay, so later on, we will actually type the the uh, the link in the comment section below and also in the podcast itself in the caption as well. All right, so, you know, a, a lot of times people get to misunderstand the difference between marketing and sales. 
So do you mind if you share with us the distinction between marketing and sales? Yeah, marketing is everything that comes before a conversation. Once Hmm. you're in a conversation with a human being, the sales process has begun. And the biggest mistake that I see people make is that they'll be in a conversation with somebody and then they'll say something like, have you seen our website? Which basically means you're taking them backwards in the process to marketing that should be designed to get to a conversation. So, you know, you can talk about your website with somebody on the phone if you want to point something out or something like that. But um, it's important to understand sales messaging so that you can infuse that into appropriate marketing, but marketing really stops once a conversation begins. Mm, okay. Yeah, true. I, I totally agree with you on that. Like marketing is, is important, but if you do not have a sales process, which we are going to talk about it later on, it, it will it will definitely dampen the whole whole situation for you and you will definitely face a lot of rejection rather than appreciation of what you you have to say to them uh, which we will be talking about later on on how we can actually you know prevent ourselves from being rejected and also how to make sure that we don't get rejected so often so uh married so which is more important to sales success these days is it the technology or the technique well, the, um, I, I think they're both important. I think, um, you know, when I started my business in sales, uh, we didn't have the technology that we have today, right? That was, you know, I remember getting my very first cell phone when it was gigantic in my car. And I remember pulling off, off the side of the road to make a phone call or, you know, to check my two inch thick map book. Um, and uh, today, you know, when sales professionals don't understand the benefits of technology and how to use uh, some of the tools that can make selling easier and the experience better and easier for our prospects and clients, they're really missing out. So, you know, for you mentioned uh, LinkedIn. I mean, that's an obvious uh, connection tool. LinkedIn is really about building relationships and relationships is what sales is all about. So when sales professionals don't really understand the power of, you know, creating a good profile on a tool like that and how to connect with people, even, you know, not just sending a a connection request, but sending a note with it. Like there's very little things that you you need to understand from from a tool's perspective. But then there are also, you know, things about, uh, uh, you know, how to organize your your contacts. Right. So obviously. Mm a good CRM system is going to be important uh, technology tool. And then there are are little things that make our lives easier. There's a a tool that I love called Better Proposals. Uh, It's betterproposals.io. I don't make any money from that, but it's a wonderful uh, tool that they've created that helps salespeople get a very professional proposal put together and and the platform sends it out and you can pay through that platform. And it just has a really good look and feel to it. So I feel like there are a lot of um, technology uh, apps and solutions that can make life a lot easier for sales professionals, but none of those things are going to do the selling for you. So mm. in terms of, you know, if I, if you really press me, like what's more important tech or technique, 
the answer is really going to be dependent on what you're selling. But if you sell something complex, creative or custom, then your main priority is going to be sales technique because that's going to be a longer term sales process, multiple conversations, multiple decision makers. And there is no app for that. Um, if you can, you know, click here by now, if that's your solution and it's very simple and off the shelf, then I would say some technology in that case might be more beneficial for you to really understand than than the in-depth sales process and techniques that you might need. Mm, okay. So like, for example, if, if we are selling a, a facial wash, then probably the technology will be more important than the technique in a sense. But okay. if let's say... If let's say we are talking about the um, uh, the solution to COVID nineteen, for example, then probably our sales technique have to be way better than the technology in 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 terms of uh, probably uh, the Zoom or, or whatever that we are going to use to to sell it or the website and all. Yeah, the yeah. technique is more important, right? Okay, yeah. I think that's a good a good good analogy. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Okay, so uh, you know, I I noticed that. In, in your videos or even in other podcasts that you have appeared on, you actually talk about sales mindset. So what what is that and why does it matter? Uh, it's important to have a strong sales mindset that supports mm-hmm. you being able to use the techniques that you w- would learn and keep you in action moving towards uh, growing your, you know, doing all the sales activities that you need to do if you want to close more deals. And um, a mindset, you know, I think I think we all kind of know intuitively, like, yeah, you should have a supportive mindset about what you're doing. You should be confident. You should be upbeat and optimistic. And those are certainly important things. But I think mindset is really made up of three different elements. So oh. there is your internal mindset. That's what you say to yourself. Then there's your behavioral mindset. And that's really more what your actions say to other people. And then there's your emotional mindset. And that's more about understanding your own triggers, uh, not not always bad triggers, but understanding your own emotions and the impact you have on other people. So when you think about what it means to have a strong sales mindset, it's really not just one thing. It's not, you know, say affirmations into the mirror and believe in yourself and now you're fixed, now you're handled. It's really also being cognizant of, well, you you know, you like, you make decisions based on stories and emotions, but you have to understand that other people make decisions based on facts and data. And so understanding how you move in the world and how, how you, other people behave you know, differently so that you can adjust your approach. That's a shift in your mindset. That's, those are some of the things that I talk about and I teach my programs that I think are very different from how a lot of people approach mindset from, for a sales application. Mm, Okay. So how, how do we know that, you know, our sales mindset helps or hurt us in a sense? Well, um, for each one of those three areas, there's a, a tool or an assessment that you could use. Um, Mm -hmm. For internal mind, for really getting clear about what you think about money, self-worth, decision makers, different things, the beliefs that you have, that's 
that's just a series of questions we've developed that we do with our clients where we call it our belief inventory. And it's really just okay. getting a chance to see, like, what do you believe, let's say, about money as an example? Like, you know, what do you think is a lot of money? And when did you decide that? And is that still true today? Or is that an old belief that you need to hand back? You know, I had a I had a particular amount of money that I thought was a lot of money back when I was 21. And then all of a sudden, you know, later in life, I had a family, I was running a business, like things evolved and I didn't upgrade my belief about what is a lot of money. And so I built this world and all these behaviors and plans around what is essentially was a smaller amount of money and 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 I had to shift my belief before everything else around me could line up in accord according to what my new beliefs were. So that's mm -hmm. the first piece. Um, in terms of the behavioral mindset, you know, there are there are free online tools you could use to better understand your own behavioral style. And there's, mm -hmm. you know, that most professionals have heard of a disc profile. Um, yep. But there's, you know, there's letters, there's animals, there's colors, there's shapes, there's lots of different ways to uh, determine, you know, the behavioral style that's most natural to you. But understanding that gives you a little bit more power to be able to adjust your approach, because your prospect and client gets to be exactly who, how they are. They don't need to change to do business with you. And, and I'm saying, not suggesting that anybody needs to change to do business with anybody else, but you do want to have the opportunity to shift your behavioral patterns and style so that somebody else is more comfortable. And when you understand that about yourself, you have more options available to you to be able to shift. Um, mm -hmm. And then in that emotional mindset, I use an, emotion, uh, an emotional intelligence assessment tool online. And the one I use is really the, the best in the world. It's got the most scientifically validated um, research behind it. And it's out of a, it's by a company called Multi Health Systems. They're out of Toronto. And mm -hmm. I scoured the, the globe to find the best tool, but it really gives me a good idea about how somebody is wired from an emotional intelligence standpoint. And then that helps me adjust my coaching approach so that what I'm teaching them is actually useful. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, the mindset is so important these days as well, and even back in the days as well, and learning about all these this three core important uh, parts of mindset is, is really something that I find that it's really useful. And for those of you who are tuning in, Rizal, Jacqueline, Joseph, Charles, and, and many other people that's tuning in, do re-listen this whole part and, and go and see how you can actually help your clients and how to help yourself better so that you can actually get the clients as well. Um, and also at the same time, uh, I just want to ask you, like, what do top performing sales professionals or entrepreneurs need to know to consistently grow their business? Well, in addition to having a supportive sales mindset, there's two other things that you need to be really uh, good at at the, at the top of your game if you want to have the best results. And that is um, you need to understand the mechanics of what you are doing in, in this conversation, the mechanics of selling. So if you're an entrepreneur or you're in business at any level, um, really understanding the 
the concepts, the basic concepts of being an effective sales professional is really helpful. It's asking good questions. It's learning how to set expectations. It's talking about money um, appropriately. Um, it's, it's being able to understand that the first question isn't really the question and, and know how to dive a little bit deeper and have people feel comfortable sharing the real their real challenges with you. So mm -hmm. the mechanics of selling is, is incredibly important. And then the third piece of the puzzle, so it's mindset, mechanics, and the third piece is motion. And mm -hmm. being in motion is, you know, knowing what are, what are your goals? What are the actions and behaviors and measurable uh, steps uh, along the way to achieving those goals? And so it's, it's tracking your actions and behaviors, tracking your results, you know, having an honest conversation with yourself or uh, with an accountability partner so that you know whether or not you're on track or what else you need to do or adjust so that you can reach your goals instead of adjusting your goals down to meet what you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. So I think I think all three of those are really important um, in terms of mindset, mechanics and motion to being successful in anything that you that you do, um, especially in sales. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, I really love that. And uh, I would like to ask you, right, because uh, everyone has actually gone through different phases of life in terms of sales. So what pivotal moments played a role in your sales confidence? Wow. Um, well, I would say the, the first thing that was pretty pivotal for me was um, this idea that a closed mind never buys. I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but there was a moment where I remember feeling like I had the right solution and I it wasn't it wasn't getting across to them. And I mm -hmm. felt very frustrated because you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time. I, I know how to be influential and, you know, persuasive, not manipulative, but persuasive in a good way. And mm. um, I just felt like I was talking to a brick wall. And I, and I remember hearing myself say, are you open to looking at this a different way? I, I think the, the exact question I know that I used because I've used it a lot since and I I, I use this anytime I'm speaking at a large event. I ask my audience, have you already invited it can't get any better? Or are you open to a new possibility? And I think that that is a pivotal question, not just for, not just for me when I asked myself that about my own business, but it's a great question to ask a, pers a prospective client because it acknowledges or they have to acknowledge that they haven't decided that this is as good as it's going to get that. And, mm -hmm. and there's, it's different. You know, when you say to somebody, are you open to a new possibility? It's very different from asking them, are you interested in learning about our solutions? Mm -hmm. Because somebody can be uninterested and still be a good person. But mm -hmm. most of us want to see ourselves as open-minded individuals. Yep. And so if I ask you, are you open to something? And then you say no, it's it's much harder for you to say no to that because it says something about who you are and your identity mm -hmm. as a human being. And so I, th I think that was one of the pivotal moments in my life when I realized um, that 
maybe my gift is very simply to let people know that a closed mind doesn't buy. And the first step to an open mind, or sorry, the first step to a closed deal is always an open mind. And I think a lot of my work, yeah. a lot of my, my keynotes have been centered around that concept. I'm doing some, I'm, I'm going to do some Ted talks on that topic and the, my book is on that topic. And in mm -hmm. fact, just yesterday I spoke to a group and I had people talking in groups of three. And it was interesting because one guy uh, had shared with me at the end of this program, he said, I thought that one line was just genius, like just the distinction between being interested and being open to. And he said, but there was a woman that was part of our triad. And she said, I kind of feel like I've heard that before. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it was, it, you know, it's such a simple message, but it's going to run the gamut from like, well, I've heard it before. Okay. But are you using it? You know, and yeah. have you heard it in this app particular application, you know, because the guy sitting next to you has been in business longer than you and he thought it was genius. So mm -hmm. I think the message kind of has to meet you where you are. And, yep. you know, the ir ironic part of it is if you're open to receiving that kind of a message and allowing it to inform you and to change you and to alter how you occur in your own conversations, then it's going to be genius. But if you're not open to it, if you feel if it occurs to you like eh, I've heard all that before, then guess what? Nothing I'm going to say is going to make any difference. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if you have a close mind, definitely anyone who trying to cycle you, cycle educate you on buying this, definitely you wouldn't want to buy it because you already right. said no to it beforehand. It's just yeah. like when someone wants to be a, in a relationship with you, you already said, no, this is not my type, then all the more this guy or girl will not be part of your life in a sense, in terms of a romantic relationship, right? So, you know, I actually heard about you speaking on, on one of the podcasts where you talk about making appropriate offers. So can you explain what is and is not an appropriate offer? Yeah, uh, an appropriate offer is one that's going to be mutually beneficial and it's appropriate mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the budget, the timeline, the, the particular solution. So as an example, um, let's, you know, let's let's poke a little bit at the pandemic. I know people are really tired of those examples, um, <laughs> but it is a universal shared experience. Uh, yeah. in, in the U.S., a lot of obviously, you know, around the world, many restaurants were closed, as an example. And mm -hmm. so it would have been an inappropriate offer to uh, to advertise your brand newly designed you know, dining room. Right. That mm -hmm. like come and enjoy a, a beautiful meal in our new dining room. Well, the dining room's closed. Nobody's going out to eat. So mm -hmm. that's an that's a simple example of an inappropriate offer. An appropriate yeah. offer would be, you know, hey, um, we we know that everybody's uh, locked down and everybody's you know hurting and stressed and um, you know we'd like to make it easier for you. Why don't you order a meal from us and we'll you know mm -hmm. and to pick up. And then a better, even more appropriate offer would be look, we don't know how long this is going to go on. Why don't we take Monday night dinners off your hand for the next three months? Right. So like you don't ever have to worry what you're going to do Monday. You've got a standing order. It'll always be ready at six. And, and you can, like you were saying, you know, don't advertise the drill, advertise the hole. Um, yeah. you know, 
if you need a hole, we can help you. So in that scenario, an appropriate offer in a restaurant in the, at that time would have been like, look, you're stressed out. Let me take something off your plate and help you. And that is Monday dinners. Okay. Okay. Well, that's nice. Well, this is really, really good. And, and I believe this is fundamental for, for every sales guy and girl. So how do you know when to stop following up then? I, you know, I, I have, I don't know that there's necessarily a tried and true, like, you know, um, this way always kind of rule, but I do think that there is, there comes a point in your follow-up. So, you know, I think that there should be enough follow-up so that, and, and varied, right? So you're going to reach out to somebody on, on email, you're going to reach out on LinkedIn, you're going to make a phone call, you know, you're not going to necessarily stalk them, but you want to be where they are and you want to try to meet them in different, in different modes or in person is even better. But mm-hmm. um, the other, at some point, you don't want to keep chasing after something that's not going to be worth your time. And so yep. the two things that I would say is most of the time I find that salespeople follow up too, ma- too many times and mm. cling to a possibility. And that's often because they don't have enough new things in their pipeline. So you always want to make sure you have enough activity going on so that you're mm-hmm. not, you know, too concerned about one particular prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second piece is that, uh, you know, it's okay to ask somebody, um, Hey, you know, it's good to be persistent. I just don't want to be annoying at some point, you know, if you, if, if it really doesn't make sense for us to, to do business together, or even better question, if you're not really open right now to hearing about, you know, some of the solutions we've provided for people in your industry, um, then, you know, I'll close the file and we can shake hands part friends. Right. So I think there's a a good way of, of appropriately saying, look, I'm going to close. I haven't heard back from you. I don't know if that means you're just, you know, you're, we're really, uh, you've already found a solution to the problem or you've just been really busy and you haven't had a chance to get back to me. In any case, I'm going to close the file on my end. Obviously I'll be happy to hear from you if I shouldn't have done that and, and let it go and move on to something else. Okay, so so if let's say the person is going to reject us because based on what you mentioned, uh, you know, we, we have already uh, done our best to follow up and then the person is not uh, replying or, or things like that or they're not interested. So what was the best way to actually handle them, these rejections? I, I would just, uh, you know, I'd probably like dump them into my automated, um, you know, uh, automated uh, communication stream so that there's there's still mm-hmm. a you know a possibility there um mm-hmm. they can still keep that connection open and then you know they can always unsubscribe and if they do that i wasn't doing any business with them anyway so i'm mm-hmm. not gonna miss them but okay. I, yeah i just i think chase business that's worth chasing and yeah. if somebody's really not responsive hopefully you're there are enough good, qualified, ideal prospects that would appreciate hearing from you. And the, the trick mm-hmm. is just don't get so frustrated um, 
you know, don't get, don't get overwhelmed by those feelings of rejection. The person rejecting you is probably unqualified. So that's okay. You're, you're not losing anything. You, you wouldn't have done business with them anyway, even if you got, you know, a conversation. So let that go, get back out there, go find somebody who will appreciate hearing about you and your offers. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like uh, no one likes uh, people who keep rejecting you, right? It's it's not about being a challenge, but it, it's definitely d- quite dumb if you were to keep chasing for all these kind of things where people keep rejecting you. And now we're down to our last question, and that is this. Yep, imagine this, right? You suddenly lose everything, okay? Your money, your name, your reputation. So what will you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? Well... I, the heart, the most damaging part of, of what you described losing was uh, reputation. I, I think even if I were to lose my reputation in the marketplace for whatever reason, I can't even imagine. um, I would imagine that I have that core group of close people that would, you know, move heaven and earth to help me. And I would call an emergency meeting of those people and I would mm-hmm. say, okay, what are we going to do? I need help. I'm not, I'm not shy. I will ask for help when I need it. I think that's actually a, a very important sign of strength. And yeah. I would um, focus on the things that I do have and the things that I can give. I think I would focus on, you know, what value do I have to offer and what's the fastest way to make a path to, uh, to get that value out there in a way that is, um, you know, that will translate into some uh, monetary exchange uh, that benefits everybody. So I think I'd get, yeah, that's what I would do. I'd get my crew together. Okay. Oh, this is the most important part, right? Getting your friends your family who are close-knitted with you. And they always say, keep your friends close, keep your enemy closer. But I think this time around, it's going to be keep your family and friends closer and your enemy close in, in your point of yeah and in, in what you shared so wow with that i would like to thank you merit for all these amazing golden nuggets for all of us and also at the same time uh where can my audience find you uh the best place to go is meritcon.com m-e-r-i-t-k-a-h-n um, put forward slash podcast on the end of that, and that'll get you some free resources. And so, you know, there's a, some different things that you can sign up for there. And there's always a let's talk button. So if I can be of any help, let's let's talk. Oh, you're right. Okay. So for those of you who need some help from Merit, go to her website and let's talk with her. Just like how I have a very, really, really great conversation with her tonight and today in our country, Singapore. So with that, I would like to thank each and everyone for tuning in, like Leona, Sharon, Charles, Colleen, and, and so many of you from around the world. Really appreciate you guys. So stay tuned for our next episode next week and Facebook and LinkedIn Live. All right. So with that, take care and see ya. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Regacy Show. 
I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like, comment and share this episode out to your people, to your family, your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show